Welcome to Conversations with Caroline. This podcast will share the stories of extraordinary humans who have found their purpose. Together, we will listen and learn from those who've journeyed through the ups and downs of life to find their way home. I'm your host, Caroline. Welcome to Conversations with Caroline. Today I'm joined with Dr. John Hickey, who is actually the first person I have on the podcast that I found through TikTok. Today we're going to talk about what personal freedom looks like. So John, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. I, uh, I'm really glad you reached out to me. Um, it's been, uh, TikTok, TikTok has been really fun and uh, yeah, met a lot of cool people and I never expected to uh, be connecting with people through it. I just kind of got it kind of as a joke and started posting some things that I thought were funny. And then apparently other people thought it was funny as well. And, and now, uh, now meeting some new people. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. I think, I think that's the tagline of COVID. Oh, I downloaded TikTok as a joke or just to scroll through videos. And I think I'm surprised as well of the incredible content that's on there. It's not all just 20 somethings making up dances. Um, and so then found you on Instagram and connected about a month ago and really just wanted to take time to talk about your journey in finding personal freedom and help our listeners understand that it's available to them. So why don't we start with looking back a little bit to how you got to where you are today and what you do. Yeah, so I was raised in kind of a typical family, um, you know, uh, kind of a Christian background, um, growing up in church, growing up in a uh, kind of religious setting. And uh, overall, my you know upbringing was really good. Not a whole lot of drama, not a whole lot of issues or anything. Um, but there's ultimately a couple things that kind of happened when I was a kid that really um, kind of set the tone almost later in life. Or like you know we often live a certain way based off of some of our wounds that happened when we were a kid. And um, it's uh, sometimes it's even, it's even hard to, to share just because it's it seems kind of simple in a way. Um, I, I look back on it and not to downplay it, but this is something that I've, I've um, thought of in the past and I've had to really work through this, but um, it kind of goes back to when I was a kid um, playing sports. My, uh, my dad and um, my dad was really hard on me in athletics and they expected a lot. My parents expected a lot out of grades and memory verses and doing my chores and performing well in sports and all these different things that looking forward, I never realized how much that influenced me into becoming kind of a perfectionist and really being really calculated with what I do and my effort and trying to make everyone happy around me. So um, that ultimately led to becoming like a people pleaser and perfectionist and really, um, yeah, trying to make everyone happy around me. So I remember as a kid, like um, if I played well, it was awesome you know, played well in sports. And if I didn't play well, it was kind of like, I didn't even want to be around um, my dad. And I did, I just wanted to either ride the team bus home instead of ride the, you go home with the parents, that kind of stuff. And so, um, so that kind of stuff led on later into life and now into college and in college, you're kind of trying to find who you are and that kind of thing. And then if you start making decisions that are different from your, let's say religious upbringing, there's a lot of guilt and shame in that. And a lot of um, like pain and hurt and really trying to work through things. So that led to, led, that led to a lot of anxiety in my life. Um, trying to make everyone happy, trying to, um, trying to kind of figure out my way. And with that, that 
constantly being fight or flight um, led to um, depression as well. So um, it's, uh, it's something, it's something that um, I know a lot of people face. A lot of people don't want to talk about it. And um, it's something that I, I've found a lot of uh, freedom in by sharing my story and actually seeing ther a therapist, counselor for those kind of things. So, um, so anyway, that's kind of led me into kind of my mid mid twenties working through anxiety and depression. We talked about that a little bit more if you'd like. Um, but ultimately I wasn't very healthy in my early twenties and, um, I, uh, kind of had a lot of victory through those things. And so health has always been very important to me. I had, um, food allergies when I was a kid <laughs> and I was one of the first people I know of that, uh, that had a gluten allergy. So, uh, I'm not just on the bandwagon. I'm one of the, <laughs> the originals, but so, um, anyway, that being said, I really, uh, developed a passion for helping people and, uh, and people's health specifically. So I decided to go to chiropractic school and, um, I wanted to help people with their health. So that's the avenue that I took and, um, that's where I'm at today. Great. And not just in what you do professionally, but kind of through social media, you have created a platform for, I mean, I know it benefits my life and the friends I share it with for just constant encouragement and positive thinking. And um, you have some really great nuggets that I wanted to ask you more about today. And so the first one says, what is restorative is not always relaxing. And what is relaxing is not always restorative. And so I think sometimes people think, oh, I just need to relax. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling depressed. I just need to sleep. And that can be true. But could you explain kind of your philosophy behind that? Um, yeah. So I, I think, uh, especially one of the things that I talk to my patients about is stress management and doing things that are restorative are really helpful, um, as opposed to relaxing. Like you can sit and watch, watch TV, um, or a movie or something, but that, that's not necessarily, um, not necessarily going to like recharge your batteries or fill you up. So for example, um, one of my buddies, he uh, lives in California and he loves to go surfing. And so for him to get in the water and surf twice a week, that recharges his batteries. It's really restorative. It's a physical activity. So he might be exhausted afterwards, but that's something that feeds his soul. For, for me, um, I love going on drives and I love going up in the mountains. So for me just to, and I don't have to do it all the time, but maybe once a month, every six weeks or something going on a, a trip in the mountains where I can go drive, you know, two and a half, three hours and just through the mountains, whatever time of year it is, like um, and having some solo time with that, to me, that's really restorative. I love doing that. And so, um, you know, I can sit and watch football for three hours, but that's, that's not restorative, right? So um, I, I always encourage people to find what their, find what feeds them and find what, what's restorative to them. Um, it might be gardening. It might be um, playing golf. I also like to do that. But there's certain things that you can do that um, are really um, help connect with uh, help help connect you to your like your your uh, your soul um, to God that kind of thing. So that's what I like to do. I think it's it's really important that people realize that there's a difference between the relaxing and, and restorative. Yeah, and under that same umbrella is the lie that self care or taking care of yourself is selfish. And I'm sure you have to convince people it's okay to spend time on yourself, especially if they're part of a larger family or have a big career that, um, that taking that time apart to care for themselves actually allows them yeah. to live a fuller life. Yeah, exactly. I find the people that are often the biggest givers 
um, they don't give to themselves and they're the ones that need to do like the self-care the most. Um, you know, I've got my friend's, my friend's mom is a classic example. Um, she's got five kids constantly doing stuff. She'll bend over backwards for her kids and her grandkids, but she won't ever take the time for herself. And I used to be that way. I used to feel like, um, feel like it was very noble and very like, um, like as a, as a doctor, as like a, someone who's a, helps people, I would bend over backwards for people, but I wouldn't put the time in and I wouldn't treat myself to doing self-care like how I should. So since I've been prioritizing that, um, I'm a, I'm a better doctor, a better friend, um, and that kind of thing. So I, uh, I really think that that self-care is really important. Um, even more so for the people that, that if you feel, let's just say this, if you feel guilty about self-care, you're the person that probably needs it the most. So I don't know if anyone can, can relate to that. I, I have been that way before. So I like that. And I think that's important too. You've given a lot of great examples that it looks different for everybody. And one of the things that I commented right away when we started to get to know each other was this idea of comparison and people so often, especially in social media where it's filtered, it's edited, it's pre-planned what's going on. It's hard to get an honest look at what someone's real effort is. And so you tell your, tell everybody who watches your page, listens to your page, if you're going to compare yourself to someone, compare yourself to who you can be. Where did that come from? Um, I think that that came from kind of working through some of my insecurities. Um, a lot of the stuff that I share, if it's like personal, um, uh, whether it's, I mean, whether it's like attached to like a, a photo or if it's just like kind of words on a page or something. Um, a lot of that comes from just what I've learned in my own life and through journal time and counseling therapy. And it was actually about a year ago, I was talking to my therapist, um, I felt like I really made some strides on this, this thing I call personal freedom. I feel like I've really gained um, almost like this roadmap to, to be able to help someone else. And I realized that I, I didn't share a whole lot. I wasn't very um, public with some of my stuff. And so I've been sharing a lot more and uh, either through Facebook or um, now on a podcast, I've been on another one. And I think that um, by sharing that, it's almost like, um, people reached out to me and said, wow, I really appreciate your words and I appreciate what you shared and that kind of stuff. So, um, so by just kind of sharing that and being a little bit more open, uh, I think that that's, that's what one of the things that I've realized is, um, kind of sharing that kind of thing, but back to kind of the comparing yourself thing. Um, what I realized is I, I was kind of, I was extremely insecure in my own skin. Um, and something that like for men, for example, I'm going to the gym, I look around and I can see a dozen guys that are bigger and stronger than me. And as a man, that's something that, um, I don't know if it's biological or what, but we often get really intimidated by that. But I realized like, let's say if I did become the biggest and strongest guy at my gym, I could go to a gym across town and now I'm not the biggest guy. And so that's kind of more, that's just kind of like a, I don't know, a simple analogy that like, there's always going to be someone bigger and stronger and let's say more attractive, um, smarter, bigger bank account, nicer car. There's always going to be someone, um, I mean, better in those areas than you. But if you're trying to compare yourself, um, to where you're at and where you could be, that's where I think it's really important. So, um, I guess it's like almost like, what can I be? 
And then you can compare yourself to what you can be instead of someone else. Absolutely. And what about people who feel like for whatever reason that they don't have purpose or they don't have access to personal freedom? How, what advice would you give them? Um, I think, um, I think with like the, trying to find personal freedom, it's almost like finding the things that are weighing you down. A lot of them are subconscious, um, you know, kind of get the image of like, you know, the whole ball and chain. And for me, anxiety was weighing me down. And then I had to work through anxiety to find out that I, that pe- trying to make everyone happy, this kind of people pleaser side was weighing me down and this perfectionist side. So when I kind of started working through those layers, those things started kind of coming off. And that's kind of how I found personal freedom. Uh, one of the books that has uh, really been helpful for my growth is Before Agreements. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Uh, it's a popular, it's a popular book, super simple, really practical. And I've kind of, I've read that um, a couple times and that's really helped me to kind of, kind of make sense of the world and make sense of other people. And when someone says something negative towards me or I got a comment on a post or something, I have to realize that that's, that's someone else coming from their perspective and what they understand. And um, for example, I've posted a couple th- couple things on TikTok and I've gotten a couple negative comments there. And what I have to realize is these people who are commenting on my page, they don't know me. So they're commenting on the idea of who they think I am. So it's a lot different. And so I have to realize like, okay, these people have no relationship with me, but the person who's coming across on some video or whatever that they don't like, um, they don't like the idea of that person. And so I can kind of like take a step back and be like, okay, this is, this comment is, is directed at me, but I don't have to receive that in a way. And I can, I can, you know, pay attention to it. I can kind of think about what they're saying, ask them some questions. And if it is something I've offended them about, then I can move forward kind of thing. So. Yeah. What's the strangest thing that's come of becoming sort of a TikTok personality? Um, I think it's actually, uh, it's been kind of an internal thing, to be honest. I've started just um, sharing some things I thought were funny and then just being a total, like uh, a total goof. And I realized like, that's a side of me that I've, I've really repressed for a really long time. Cause I was always so worried about what people would think. And now even in my day to day life, I can be like more goofier on my friends. And I found this kind of like playfulness and this kind of just this fun energy that I've never, uh, actually I haven't experienced it for a long time. So like just, and maybe it's like the whole validation of like social media or something, but it's something that like I have this side that I presented to because I can be very different than that side, but also like that's part of me as well, just kind of being goofy and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. So that's probably one of the, one of the surprises that I've, I've experienced, which has been really cool. Nice. And obviously COVID has affected your business because people aren't going out as much. And I think you said you used to be in a big gym facility and that gym had to close down for restrictions. Yeah. So looking forward that we're now in month six or seven, depending on when you start counting of shelter in place, what do you feel like is ahead for you? Um, yeah, so this, so COVID was, was really difficult for everyone. Um, just for me in, in my own life, um, I, was wor- yeah, I was working inside of a gym. I had my own treatment room in this, in this nice gym. The gym closed, so I had to move. And um, so kind of working through that, I've actually decided to buy my dad's chiropractic practice 
And so we've hired a new office manager, training her. She's doing a fantastic job. Um, so what's going ahead is actually the opportunity to kind of buy and, uh, and run this other practice. And so, um, yeah, looking back six months ago, I, that, I was not thinking about it. It wasn't on the radar. And now that's, that's what's going forward. And I'm really excited about it. I think I feel really good about it. And it's been um, kind of a blessing in disguise. And, and a couple things, and I was thinking about this because I recently went on a trip to Croatia to celebrate my 30th birthday. Um, I've been like incredibly blessed in the last couple months, you know, and I, and this was after having to move out of my apartment, move home, move my practice, pretty much have a thriving practice down to nothing and kind of really doubting a lot of things. Um, to now I'm just probably three months past that point, really being, uh, really counting my blessings and just being able to experience life in a whole new way. And, um, you know, I come across really positive, but there are some rough times in there. And, uh, and so I, uh, so now I think I can really see, see the benefit of just, um, kind of staying grounded throughout the pandemic and really just kind of focusing on gratitudes and, and really, um, and I wasn't happy the entire time, but now I'm really like, uh, realizing what, what makes me happy and what, um, what I'm, what areas I'm blessed in. So, Yeah going back to anxiety and depression, I think it's incredible when people share their stories on the other side of it, because I do think more people need to hear the victory over those things. But what would you say to someone who's listening and feels like their anxiety controls them and maybe they're just the one who's always going to be like this? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, as I reflect back on my own life, um, I remember experiencing anxiety and it was, uh, social anxiety. So I'd go to, um, I'd either go to church, I'd go to class, I'd go to any, any group setting and have really bad social anxiety. And the more unsure I was of the situation, the, the worse the anxiety was. So my actual symptom was nausea. So I remember going in and getting, doing some digestive tests and stuff early in college and, um, come out of there and they're like, well, it sounds like you've got uh, social anxiety. So now I kind of saw therapist and, and that kind of thing. Um, and we didn't really do a whole lot at that point, but it was nice just to be aware of like, okay, so this is my body telling me something's up. This isn't just like me having digestive issues. So, but, and that was probably one of the most trying, frustrating times. Um, because I would, uh, um, I kind of did at that point, I'm, I, I'm this, perfectionist right so I don't want anyone to see that and I don't want anyone to know about it so I'm working really hard at doing everything I can to get rid of this anxiety I'm figure quoting that right right now but like so what I had to do is I kind of had to um I kind of be patient with it and I kind of had to learn like okay what's this telling me because trying to sweep it under the rug didn't get me anywhere and um except for more frustrated and um, there was phases in there where I would, uh, I would drink, um, socially. And I think a lot of people end up having anxiety, um, will drink socially and then that anxiety gets worse and then it's kind of this spiral. And so I definitely went through that. Um, and so for someone that has really, um, has the kind of grips of the anxiety that they don't think it's ever going to leave, um, you gotta have to accept what it is in a sense where it's, um, because you, a lot of times it's like our body telling us something's up. 
So you have to listen to the body. You have to be open to, um, open to healing and open to exploring what that actually is. Yeah. That's great advice. I remember you told me in our pre-chat the story about your first job and how it instilled in you a really strong work ethic. Will you tell that story again? Yeah. So I had a, a couple jobs early on and one was at a golf course. And I think, um, one of the things that I've, I've realized and I'll probably touch on this a little bit later is finding meaning in what I do and finding meaning in, in my work. So when I was working at the, the golf course, it was, it was a fun job. You know, we didn't get paid well, but we didn't do it for, do it for the uh, hourly rate. But so I found a lot of meaning in what I did. And I realized that um, I took pride in my work because I know that it's like I'm washing golf cart, golf carts and I'm picking up golf balls and doing all this stuff for the golfers that are there. And so one of the things that I learned was I had one boss, but I also had like hundreds of bosses. So if I could work hard to make every one of these bosses happy, this might've been a people pleaser thing, but if I could do that, then I'm giving, I'm giving everyone a better experience in a way, instead of like, you know, it's, it's the, uh, it's the example of, you know, there's three brick bricklayers and someone comes up and asks the first, uh, first bricklayer, what are you doing? And the person's like, well, I'm, I'm laying brick. Okay. And then they ask the second bricklayer, what are you doing? And they're like, I'm making $15 an hour. And then they ask the third bricklayer, what are you doing? And the kind of stands back and kind of points and looks around. He said, I'm building one of the most beautiful cathedrals in the world. All right. So it's that, it's that principle of what are you actually doing? So I've taken that kind of work ethic and that mindset into mowing yards and then now into my career. Um, and, and one of the things that um, I've really tried to follow a lot of passion in the past and it's really exciting and then I kind of get burnt out. But what I've, I've realized, if you can follow meaning and finding meaning in your work, um, you're going to be able to continue to work even when you don't want to. So I find a lot of meaning in what I do. Um, I mean, I'm the first person to admit, you know, as a chiropractor, I don't wake up every day like waiting to just adjust people and like, oh my gosh, I absolutely love it. But what was interesting is when I verbalized that and told myself that, it kind of like made it okay. It's like, oh, that's okay. You don't have to do that. You know, it's like, I mean, there's, do dentists just love working on people's teeth? I mean, some of them probably do, but at the same time, they really like what healthy teeth do. And so for, for me as a chiropractor, like I really value what I do. When I have a, someone come in, they can barely walk because they're in such bad back pain. And then two weeks later, they're, they're out on the soccer field or they're being able to play with their grandkids. To me, that's the meaning that I find. And uh, being able to, to work with the body and people's health is super rewarding, and I find a ton of meaning in it. So, That's awesome. Well, John, what's one of the biggest lessons you've learned this year? I um, just turned 30, and this is one of, the, one of the things that I was kind of looking back on in my last year. And I think the biggest thing I've learned is acceptance. Um, I'm big on personal growth and mentorship and coaching and entrepreneurship. And I've kind of gotten caught in like the grind mentality. And when I was working with my coach, we had this discussion where I realized, and he, he kind of told me, he said, if you're not a grinder, that's okay. And the biggest thing I've learned is acceptance. So I'm accepting who I am. Like I'm not someone who's going to wake up at 6 a.m., work really hard and do all this stuff to like benefit my, benefit my business. But once I realized that I'm not the grinder, 
I kind of accepted that. And I've noticed I've actually gotten more productive in my business and um, and just in the kind of other areas of life because I'm, I'm really realizing who I am. And so if I can accept that part, and then now I can accept this part of me that that's kind of kind of goofy and fun that I kind of never really explored before. But then I also accept um, like to, there's a, there's a side of me that's really sensitive and I used to not want to accept it. And what I realized is like, you know, once I accept that I'm kind of sensitive and sometimes when I'm feeling tired and, and, and that, like I kind of get in a sensitive mood, but once I know it, I can almost be like, Oh, I'm just feeling sensitive right now. Like this is just me. But because I'm sensitive, I feel like my intuition is a little better and I can connect with people. So the biggest thing is just like accepting exactly where you're at. And I've had a conversation recently with a buddy. Um, he's going to kind of have some ups and downs and stuff. And I was like, I just told him, I said, talking about acceptance, accepting exactly where he's at, who he is, and that he needs to be present with, if, if he's having low lows, be present with that. If he's having high highs, be present with that. And so accepting where you're at, to me, that's been the biggest lesson. And it's, I found a lot of freedom in it. And um, that's been my biggest lesson this year. So I appreciate you asking that. Of course. And if people want to find you on the internet, where can they do that? Um, okay. So I've got uh, Instagram is probably one of the best places. Um, and it's going to be, it's Dr. John on Instagram. And then um, also the same, the same thing on TikTok. They're two very different things. Instagram is very like polished and professional and all that. And, and TikTok is, there's a couple of things I've posted I'm embarrassed about, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> That's part what of it. What is right? your most viral video on TikTok? Okay. The most, most viral video. Um, I actually, I, uh, I did questions for younger TikTokers. And so I asked, uh, I asked just some, some dumb questions like, what's a simp and why are feel is a thing. And then I'm like, what do you do with the other half of your crop top? And just different questions that like in that tone and it's got like 800,000 views. Um, I think it's hilarious. Did and people I asked, answer like, you in the comments? Yeah, they answered me in the comments and there've been some people, some people have done the duet as well. And those are pretty funny as well. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, kind of playing dumb and asking these questions. And I think it was hilarious, so. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for making time to chat with us. It was such a great conversation. And if you wanna learn more about Dr. John, check him out on Instagram at it's Dr. John. Remember, show up and do your best. We all are called to live a life filled with purpose. That's it for today's episode. We'll see you next time.